and and then the reunion tour happened and I was back in Philly and it was in 99 and my mom had just died and it was my birthday it was September 20th he was at the Wachovia Center and then whatever it was the core states I think then and I went with this guy that I'm madly in love with John Hunt I couldn't believe it and I got tickets through my funeral director, who's my best friend's family. So I got these great tickets and I felt and my mom died in July and that was in September. And I felt I, you know, I felt healed. I lost myself completely in the music. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. I have a uh, early riser joining me today. <laughs> Barbara, Barbara requested, hey, can we record a little bit earlier? Because my alarm clock wakes me up early. Barbara, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, talk to me a little bit why you get up so early. Well, I am a chef uh, by trade and I have a new job that I've taken and it's a, a small hotel on the Chesapeake Bay and they breakfast. So I'm up cooking breakfast. So that's why I'm up at 515 in the morning. That so. oh gosh, that sounds great. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I love that. You know, uh, right out of my the last part of my senior year and uh the summer after my senior year in high school so this would have been 1977 i ah. worked at i worked at a howard johnson's fantastic hojo's right and yeah, man, and i worked the breakfast shift started at 6 a.m you know got off at like 2 30 or 3 and yep. i swear I could not get the smell of coffee out of my nose. <laughs> like, There's no a matter, lot of things in a restaurant, that right? You can't like get out of no your matter, nose. like no matter how often you showered, everything it just smelled. <laughs> um, the other thing is uh, the the good thing about being a waiter back then, and I still now, you always have money because yep. of your tips, right? You don't have to wait for yep. payday. And yep. then back then I got a lot of coins, you know? So like, you know, I, I keep this jar and I'd all yep. I'd go to the bank <laughs> to get the coins and I have to roll up and everything. So yeah. Well, it also makes you a better human. I think having been in food service and, um, and you said something, you know, I, I would, I actually owned a restaurant up until six months or four or five months ago, something like that, six yeah. months ago. And COVID just took me out. And, um, but I, but I, you know, I got my dream and, and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and it was a great one. And, but I had a lot of young kids here in a rural area on the Eastern shore of Maryland. And, and I told them, if you can wait a table, if you can pour a drink, if you can flip a burger, you'll always have a job. And that is the beauty of this business, even as difficult as it is, as it is now, because, People aren't quite seeing my vision now. That's why it's so hard to get people to work. So it but, is. Um, it's really hard. I I run a call center, so I make the same mm. 
argument that I go, you know, if you, if you learn how to take inbound phone calls, comfortable working customer service, they are always needed, despite all the talk about going off being offshoring and, and, you know, in India and the Manila and and elsewhere, there is a, always a set of people in the U.S. that want people to answer the phone. Yep. Yeah. And want to speak to it, myself included. Yeah. I want to speak to a person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So uh, tell me a little about yourself. Uh, You've established you're a chef. You've established you're in Maryland. Tell me a little bit more. Well, I'm originally from right outside Philadelphia, not too far, about 15 minutes from Bryn Mawr, home of the main point. So I graduated high school in 79. So I, you know, I uh, back then, you know, I knew people that actually went to that show. Yeah. Um, so, but, um, and I, uh, I'm from a big family. I'm the youngest of seven and, and, um, moved to New York after, after college and, uh, worked on wall street. And, um, after the crash in 87, I just, you know, it wasn't, wasn't for me. It was, it wasn't my industry. I, you know, which I found yeah. out. And, um, and then I started cooking at an bartending and cooking at an Irish bar on the Upper West Side of Manhattan and, and, and kind of went from there and, and ended up working with um, Bobby Flay before he was Bobby Flay. And so I had a great career in New York and moved out to Portland, Oregon, and then came back to Philly to take care of my parents, and, uh, which is very Bruce related because it was in 99. And mm-hmm. uh, and the reunion tour. And so, um, uh, ended up back here and, uh, never say you can't go home again. Cause you know, there I was 40 and single in the twin bed next to my dad's room going, when is this going to end? And, <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, like, but with zero regrets, honestly, yeah. I, I mean, it was a wonderful time, but, um, so, and, and then I ended up here in Maryland where I got lucky enough to follow my dream. And, um, and uh, I believed in, you know, I believed it and my faith was rewarded and, and I finally got my own restaurant at 52. So um, I, uh, I was open for about seven years and, and, um, and I, can't, uh, I can't imagine doing anything else but, but cooking and making people happy and making great food. And so it's just me and my dog here on the Eastern shore of Maryland and live in an old renovated schoolhouse and Life is pretty good, I have to say. As difficult as it's been. Yeah, it. You know, I I know you know you were not alone. A lot of people were hurt by COVID, and a lot of restaurants. In fact, you know, you mentioned uh, being a server. I, Mm. I also think if you've ever done food service or been a server, you tend to tip heavier. Yeah. Yep. And, and the other thing I did, this was, and you way- also bust your table when you're sitting at the table, yes. you stack your dishes. Yeah, yeah. No, I read somewhere that they, uh, I, some Instagram or something said things that you think you're doing to help, but you aren't. And it's like, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, sorry, I can't help but doing that. Uh, uh I the, other thing, the other thing I, I did is, um, even before COVID, I always tipped to go orders. Yes. Because I remember when I worked at Howard Johnson's, you know, okay, Jesse, there's a to go order and it would take you all this time to box it up and they would not leave you a tip. 
ever. Nope. It was just, nope. it was nope. just, it, it felt like you were working without pay. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? right it's right. like, uh, so, uh, so I've always started, you know, and now then that's a big thing with, uh, and I, I appreciate that, that there was a lot of talk about when we went for that year and a half, two years of lockdown, yes. that so much food delivery that, you know, the delivery, uh, delivery drivers did get a little bit of love, I think, from a I, lot of people. I totally, I totally agree with that. And I saw it, I converted to, so I'm, my restaurant was just this little gem in this tiny little shore town that in back in its heyday it used to be a port for um, the ferries coming over from Baltimore because there's okay. a bridge there and it was it was the summer that big hotels like the big old yeah. hotels and stuff so now all of that went away and it's this bucolic little town with a beach and me I think yeah. I was the only restaurant me in the pizza shop up the street and ironically they were from Philadelphia as well so Anyway, um, the, so people had to, I was a destination and um, had a deck over the bay, you know, see the bay. And so I shifted to takeout when we were allowed here in Maryland Mm -hmm. and, um, and people really, I mean, they, they made a lot of money for the girls that were packing up the bags and I was able to tip the kitchen out and, and, um, and keep everybody. And then we started Two of my friends, let me use their parking lots in town, which is about a 20 minute drive. And I did the Barbara's buggy because it was Barbara's yeah. on the Bay was the restaurant and yeah. Barbara's buggy. And we went to their parking lot and people came and met us. Oh, and, nice. and, and that was kind of the drop-off point. And, you know, so people were very generous and I agree with you. I think I'm hopeful. And also I think that I know salaries for servers are, are legit now. And yeah. it is kind of a worker's an employee's time. And I just negotiated myself for my new job. And, and I said, no, this is what I'm worth. And, and if you want me, cause we're so scarce, like you've got to pay me and I'm, yeah. and I'm worth it and I'll give you everything. Um, I mean, my restaurant was successful. It wasn't cause it wasn't successful. I just didn't have any yeah. people. And these kids were 17 and I, and it was at the vaccinations were coming out and they didn't want to get vaccinated. And I couldn't say, well, you can't work here if you're not vaccinated. You know, and I had nobody either way. I had nobody. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but that's that's it's a diff, that's a different time. Hopefully. Yes, we will. We could we could spend all night and we won't. Uh, exactly. Uh, I exactly. am running to this. Uh, the issue I have in my day gig is that we actually were blessed. Um, I do. I run. I work for a roadside assistant company for the RV industry, which uh-huh. got very busy. Uh, and, and we are yeah. struggling to find people. I mean, you know, it is tough. So I always like to start at the beginning, talk about growing up outside of Philly. What kind of music were your family listened to? What kind of music did your parents listen to? Well, well, they were big bands all the way. All the way. Oh, cool. All the way. Sure. And, and the girl singers, my dad would say. Um, So that's what we grew up on and, and Betty Goodman and, and, and Jimmy and Tommy Dorsey and Gene Krupa and, and Glenn Miller. And so we grew up with that and my parents uh, loved to dance together. So there was a lot of, they danced in the living room and we grew up learning how to dance that way. And then the boys, so I'm the youngest of seven. So Joe, my oldest brother is 72 and I'm 60. So there was a long, you know, there was a big gap in between um, and a lot of noise as you can imagine in a big family. 
um, big Irish Catholic family. And so I listened to a lot of their music too, um, up in the third floor on the record player when they weren't home. So I was listening to the Doors Soft Parade when I was, you know, in grade school. Um, and, and, but I listened to what everybody else listened to at the time, I guess, probably Bobby Sherman and all that kind of stuff. But we were outside. It was music wasn't as prevalent as it is today. You know, we weren't as attached to our transistor radios as you were to an iPod. Um, yeah. But, um, but my brother, one of my brothers, the guy across the street from us growing up started a lighting company on his front porch in, in the, here in the suburbs of Philly. And, and it grew and grew and grew. And he turned into um, a big lighting company in rock and roll. And so my brother went to college for a year and a half and came home and started with, quit, you know, quit college and um, started working for Bill McManus and he had McManus Enterprises and they did lighting on all these tours. So Mike was in uh, rock and roll at a very early time for me. Um, he was out with, with Jethro Tull and Elton John and, um, but he had all these friends, you know, as he, as he got longer, he was in the business. Um, he ended up with U2 and never Springsteen, but his, his, uh, one of my, my sister, and they were with Kiss. He and my sister were both with Kiss. Pixie was wardrobe and, and Mike did, did, um, lighting. And so she dated a guy who was touring with Bruce um, on the river tour. And so it had its benefits, but life in Bala Kinwood, it's funny. There's a, there's a guy on Facebook whose dad always had a movie projector, always Mr. Lombardi right. yes. always had the movie. Well, now his son has the movies and is, is editing and posting them on Facebook. And it's like watching, I mean, it's like, Oh, there's Mrs. Hennessy and Mr. Hunt and Mr. Light and all these people, and they've all got the round cylindrical cocktail glasses and they're smoking and there's Cub Scouts and they're smoking in the gym and drinking and, and, and what a time it was. And, and there was a parade, actually. There was a fire engine, police cars, and, and I went to Catholic school, 12 years of Catholic school. So Bruce and I, like, I get it all. Yeah. And, um, and um they, they blocked off streets and we had a parade for some football game against St. Margaret's, the next town over. And, and I was talking to my sisters and my, my grade school friends that I'm still friends with. And like, do you remember that? But there we were. And they went by our house and there's my dad who's you know gone now, both my parents. And so it's really kind of crazy. We had an idyllic childhood and, and didn't know it at the time. Well, you, know, you know, you went out and your parents didn't care where you were. Yeah. You know, Mrs. McKenna knew where you were or Mrs. Jackson yeah. knew where you were, you know, so. It um, one of the things that comes up fairly often on the podcast is siblings, right? Yeah. You either mm -hmm. are the oldest and you influence the <laughs> youngers or yeah. you're one of the youngers and you either were influenced either either you embrace their music or maybe sometimes you rebelled, right? Like, Oh, right. I don't want to take the same thing as my older brother or sister. I'm yeah. going to go with punk or I'm going to go with grunge or something. So yeah, right. I love that, that, that diversity of age that, you know, if, if 
you know, you're five, you know, he's, you know, 17. So, yep. you know, I mean, yep. obviously that's, you know, uh, almost like a second uh, parent. It, uh, well, exactly. That. Yeah, exactly. And my sister went on to work on Broadway as a dresser for a long time. So, you know, she worked in the theater forever. So there was always show tunes and yeah. we grew up, you know, listening to, and my mother loved show tunes. So Camelot was always on the record player yeah. when we had to clean the storage room in the third floor. Yeah. So, you know, um, and it's such a happy part of, of my childhood. And with COVID, um, the seven of us, we, we live all over the country. And so we have reconnected through Zoom and through during COVID. And so one of my sisters, she's very, she likes to make lists and games and stuff. Yeah. So Maggie, so the one everybody likes, you know, the six of seven, everybody likes Maggie. Yeah. And, um, and um, so she said, what, what's the music mom and dad dance to? And what do you remember? Yeah. Like what was playing? So very similar to your question. That's a, it's a, it's a very, very happy memories for sure. For sure. You, you're talking about your Maggie and made me mm. smile because uh, before COVID, uh, a couple of years ago, my wife and I went for a trip to Atlanta and we ended up being on a um, like a little tour bus. And there was a bunch of vineyards around Georgia that we went to. And, uh, and there was Linda and I, and then like three fourths of the other people on the bus were all from one family oh wow you know and they're just and they were talking about and they pointed to one of the sisters and said she's the youngest but she's the boss uh. <laughs> she runs everything <laughs> like she's the one who coordinates this everything and it was so funny so uh, there is i imagine a dynamic i was one of three and uh. And Linda, has its own difficulties. Yes. And, and my wife was one of three mm. and her older brother was 10 years older. There was a separation um, between that. But That's we, yeah, we sometimes feel guilty that we only had the one boy. Like Chris does not have that dynamics of, you know. Well, the, yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic because we are we just went to the shore in 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 uh, Philly, you go to the shore, down the shore in South Jersey. Yes. And, um, and we, we all got six of the seven of us got together and it was a nightmare, an -hmm. absolute nightmare. And I always envy these families that can take a tour bus and all get along and everybody like, yeah, you know, but we all have this giant, my personality, we all have it. Okay. So except for Quentin, he's the middle one. Quentin's the quiet one who just kind of slips around yeah. and does crossword puzzles and never did the dishes. Um, <laughs> he was always reading the encyclopedia. And so anytime you have trivia, like Quentin's always the one to call. But so it was so interesting. And I find it fascinating that we can't all let each other be adults. You know, we're, we're so much nicer to strangers than we are to adults. But yet we get on these Zoom calls and it's like it's a whole different, it's magic. It's so yeah. weird. I don't, I don't know. No, I no. Know. I think that's an interesting dynamic and, and pretty good. So yeah. do you remember when you first discovered Bruce and what about his music spoke to you? Can you articulate it? Well, I, I came into it, um, it you know, I, in 75, when Born to Run came out, I was in eighth grade. So by high school, I went to a big Catholic high school. 
I was starting to hear about it. As a matter of fact, I went to the high school, I went to Archbishop Carroll in Radnor, which is not far from the main point either from Bryn Mawr, and they couldn't sell enough tickets. That's the story. The high school that couldn't sell enough tickets okay. was my high school, um, ironically. Um, so I've always had this Bruce connection. It's really kind of weird. But when I really first got into his music was in college and I went to school in Western PA, but with friends from North Jersey, from um, Berkeley Heights and um, near, you know, not far from, from where you know, Asbury and, and that area. So um, I, I heard more and then I wasn't really super into it, but I knew it. And then I went home and Bruce was in Philly on the river tour and friends of mine. So I called my sister and I said, Hey, can we get tickets? Can Michael get us tickets? Her boyfriend. Uh, I actually have a river tour jacket, which is kind of cool. Um, can he get us tickets? So we did. And he couldn't, they sold the tickets at the box office, whatever happened. So it was me and my friend, Donna, who was a huge Springsteen fan. And this guy flipped from Pittsburgh who was a huge Springsteen fan. So it was just, and another, I think there's four of us, I forget who the fourth one was. Anyway, um, so I brought him home. They stayed with my parents, you know, about eight hours, you know, we rode back to Philly. And so we ended up standing on the soundboard. Um, uh, yeah, oh darn. And that's how we, I saw my first Springsteen show. And then the next night they felt so bad about the tickets. We got box seats, you know, great seats. It was at the Spectrum. So we got you know, great seats. And, um, and that was the beginning kind of the, the, when it clicked for me, seeing him live. And then it kind of faded out again. Like I didn't do the whole human touch and lucky town kind of thing, but I was in New York. And by then I was in Manhattan and a friend of mine dated Toby Scott, the sound, the produced sound guy. Okay. And so that kind of got me started again. And then it was, no, I guess it was before that. Before I moved to New York, I worked on Wall Street and I was in administration in a branch office for Prudential okay. Securities. And I would call the New York office all the time. And I talked to this guy every day on the New York office. He had an extra ticket. That was it. Get okay. an extra ticket. So I went to meet him. I'd never met him, but I talked to him enough. And it was at the Brendan Byrne. And I, I, don't, I don't remember which tour it was, but it had to be before Born in the USA. So I forget what it was. But anyway, but I remember at the end of it, um, this one, first of all, there was somebody in front of me who was sound asleep like this in the chair, but he did twist and shout at the end and the whole arena, like you stood still and the whole arena was just moving and that was it. So, and then I kept getting, you know, my, through my brother, I kept getting, you know, tickets. I, I was lucky enough to see Born in the USA. And then it really, or maybe I guess, I don't know when Lucky Town was after that or whatever, yeah. but, and then they stopped and, and then the reunion tour happened and I was back in Philly and it was in 99 and my mom had just died and it was my birthday. It was September 20th. He was at the Wachovia center and then whatever it was, the core States, I think then, and I went with this guy that I'm madly in love with, John Hunt. I couldn't believe it. And I got tickets through my funeral director, who's my best friend's family. So I got these great tickets. And I felt, and my mom died in July, and that was in September. 
and I felt I, you know, I felt healed. I lost myself completely in the music and I cried and I hadn't seen it. It had been so long since I'd seen them live, but it was so recent after my mom and I was with John and it was my birthday and, and that kind of was it. And then my brother gave me uh, tracks that year for Christmas. And I listened to stuff I had never heard before. So I kind of came into it late in the game, but I came back to it voraciously. And then I started traveling by myself to go see him. And, you know, now I'm up to 35 shows, I think, and which is a lot, you know, and yeah, for, for some people. And, and so, um, and then I saw the reunion tour at Madison Square Garden and I saw the reunion in, in, in Pittsburgh, like I, I, a bunch of times. And then I, I so then I, I really became obsessed right. kind of, more so than I ever was. And, you know, did a bunch of shows at Giant Stadium. And and then and then um, so that's really I would say the reunion tour is what got me. And 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 when I started listening to like, you know, the first time I heard the wish or even happy. You yeah. know, I was like, yeah, this is me. And then, you know, of course there's, there's, well, you'll get to my one song, but I, I assume. Yeah. But, Did, um, so um, that's really how it started. And then, and, and it wasn't, then it became not about the music alone. It became about the people I met yeah. along the way. Yeah. So. Um, I want to talk more about the people, but is there, is, you mentioned how much it, meant to you and and how emotional it was with losing your mom yeah what about his music can you articulate what is it the lyrics is it the stories what what about this brought it would be experiencing him live what brought you to the next level it's i truly felt i could be myself with no with 54,999 other people next to me that I was all by myself. I remember I was, I was getting a beer and Badlands came on and I was like to John and I was like, I got to go. And, you know, Badlands turned it for me. And and, because I knew it and I could, I was just, I could just do it. I could feel the physical expression of it. And, and I just got swept away. And of course it, it was that, you know, he was doing his preacher, you know, he was the preacher. It was a revival and I felt revived. I could, you know, my, my parents were married for 51 years, but probably, I don't know, you know, 40 too many, (laughs) maybe. So I wasn't able to really, I loved my parents. They, you know, we had a great relationship, but they didn't, at the end, they, you know, they were Catholic. They were together a long time. Yeah. So I couldn't kind of openly grieve because that wasn't happening in, in, in with me and my dad. And I stayed on and took care of him for four years. I lived with him for four years. So that was the first time that I could just let go. Yeah. Really? I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. No, I, 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 you're saying it well. Yeah. But the, also the other part of it, and I don't think there's anyone else who, is truly in concert and the the true meaning of being in concert with his fans, even on an off night, you know, because we all know, you've seen enough times, you know, when he's having an off night, even an off night for Bruce is the best show you'll ever see. Sure. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, everybody knows that, but, but 
I, I, he's in concert with us. And I felt like it was just me and him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I do. So that's, that's how it felt to me. Yeah, that's, absolutely. And uh, I can also sing in public and don't care what people think because I don't sing in public. And, and that's another thing of it. Absolutely. You know? We all, yeah. just, we have, yeah. you know, we make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And Indeed. in this case, is, yes, absolutely. Indeed. Um, we, you, you, you talked to what's the, were you able to go see him on Broadway? Oh yeah. I saw him twice. So yeah. I, I, I got a phone call from a friend of mine who unfortunately uh, he happened to have an extra ticket for an un, un, unsavory okay. reason and uh, 14th row center. Mm. Um, and so I, the first time I saw him, uh you know i was blown away like but it yeah. was so overwhelming you know it was just so overwhelming yes. it was right there and and so the second time i saw him was in july after covid and i did the lucky seat and i kept i kept doing the every day you you, you entered the thing and mm-hmm. and i won and i won two tickets and i was with uh, uh a friend of mine who who uh it was, we went to New York and stayed overnight and just had an absolute blast. But the show itself, I was in, it was after COVID and it's that emotion was all there. And so I cried through the whole thing, you know? And of course I can't help but think about his mother mm-hmm. and especially when he plays The Wish and yeah. which is one of my top five songs ever. Um, but you know, knowing where she is and how their relationship, having seen them in Philly with her on stage and, you know, that I, I, you know, I just, I just, again, you feel in concert, like, you know, cause when he, did you see him on Broadway? Yes. Oh, good. So, you know, like when he says, but she has Alzheimer's or she doesn't like the whole audience feels it because you know that the guy next to you or the woman next to you, somebody in front of you, behind you is going through the same thing. So when I he, went, I he had not yet started telling his that his mom had Alzheimer. Now, oh wow, so that's in the beginning. Yeah. So, um, and so I, um, now I have a different story about the wish. And mm. listeners, if you've heard this story before, skip ahead, you know, a minute or two because my new friend Barbara has it. So, <laughs> so I was listening to the wish just randomly and it started hitting me mm. that I still have my mom oh, you know? yeah. and that um, and you know like all parents and children you have rough patches but so I really started getting emotional mm. and so I, I, I called her from the car and mm. I was trying to explain to her this song and how, you know, Bruce is writing this about his mom and how much she had given him. And I was trying to explain that to my mom. And my mom's like, what? I don't understand, Jesse <laughs> Wayne. What, what are you talking about? What is this song? You know, and I was just like, I'm fine, mom. How are you? And we just skipped <laughs> on. Well, you know, the other thing about The Wish that I love so much yes. is it's so visual. The yes. sound of her makeup case on the sink, 
Yes. You know, pink curlers in matador pants, picking me up yeah. off the couch to do the twist with my uncles and aunts. Like, yes. It's so visual because I did the same thing. Her except heels doing... walking to work. Yes. Yes. It, oh, right. I mean, it's, it gives me the chills and, you know, and now it's, it's, a, it's so much. And my mom died before I heard that song that right. it became so important to me. So, um, you know, it, 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 it I just empathize. You can't help it. You know, you just can't help it, but it's, yeah. it's just such a, and then you see Estelle and you're like, that's yeah. her, you know, it's, and yeah. it's lovely. So the other half of that story is, oh, I'm um, sorry. Yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. This was perfect. Um, just, I made, it made me think of this because of what you were saying. Hmm. So um, it's father's day. And, um, my my son had never seen the Netflix special and yeah. my wife had only seen a little bit of it and was like, this is too depressing, which was <laughs> funny because right after she had said, I, I just can't keep watching this is when Bruce says, OK, I'm going to get you off suicide watch. So if she had <laughs> done five more minutes anyway, so they're going through it. And when the wish finishes. My son, who was 30, he's 31, 32. So he's like 31. And he's like, oh, my God, that is an amazing song. Oh, I just, God, that's as good a song. So, yeah, I paused the, you know, the, I paused Netflix and I told him the story about Mimi, which is what he calls my mom. And he says, I love that song even more now because I can just see, he says, I can see Mimi. What, Jesse White? I don't, and so he could just see his mom. So, yes. So uh, that is, um, it is. And when I heard that he had started mentioning that and you can hear videos and you see when he says you'll know me yes and he stops yes and you know she won't know him anymore no and now that you know and now that he has talked you know he has shared more Mm. when when he came back from you know when they revamped it and you you thought i did not i only saw it the first time i didn't see it the second time about you know she she has gotten to where she still lights up with music even though she can't talk yeah and i just think that's that's a beautiful story it's a very Uh, beautiful story i think so too and and you know the love that they had and she got to see him be successful and and yet you know you read born to run and and listen to him and you know he struggles just like everybody else i mean he really is you know it's not to me it's not godlike it's just like you know, he's, he's waiting for the call. I know what yeah. it's like to wait for the call, you know, yeah. cause it's going to come yeah. and, and he's going to feel just like everybody else, but he was a good boy. He was a good son. Yeah. And, you know, somebody asked me one time, what would you ever say to him? I mean, you know, the way I met him was completely not what I was expecting, but um, I would say you're a good son. You're a good son. That's because he's a good son. That's, that's, I think, I think that, I think that would make him very happy. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I want to hear how you met him. I met him at a book signing in Austin and it was, you know, it was, you know, a assembly line, you know, you you walk in, you take your picture, you go. And I 
you know, I, I have no regrets. I, I understand. I knew what it was when I got in there. And as I told, <clears throat> as I told him, you know, I, I had practiced what I was going to say. And I said, you know, last year I spent nine months unemployed. I listened to better days, land of hope and dreams every day. That's what got me through it. Thank you for that. And, and I don't know if he heard it, but as yeah, I right. said multiple times, I needed to say it more than I needed him to hear it. Um, yeah. but it was enough. It was enough. Yep. And, and, you know, and absolutely if, you know, on my wish list, you know, I would love to talk to him on this podcast, of course, but yeah, right. you know, and, and he's on my fictional list of who do you want to have dinner with? But, yeah, yeah. So you said you've met, met him. How tell well, me about it. I, it. So I've always had the feeling like after 99, I always had this feeling I would meet him okay. somehow. Um, because he's so accessible. Well, you know? and there's, there's been, to a certain degree, you guys have been on parallel tracks, like, it you know, feels with like things, that, yeah, absolutely. And, and, yeah. And, and, and kind of, you know, certainly not on the same level, but in yeah. my small area, my restaurant was very successful and I became kind of a local celebrity and it was hard to go to the grocery store. And I think to myself, like, and that's like minuscule. You know, I also was on Chopped and I cut my finger and I got I got chopped and, and people remembered me for that for a long time, which was hard. That's a funny story. But, you know, uh, and so take that and make it Bruce's life. Right. Like I can't even imagine. And so I felt more normal after reading Born to Run, you know, that oh, oh, I get it. You know, I, I get it. But anyway, yeah. so. I, you know, I would, my fictional meeting would be, he would come into my restaurant and I would pretend I didn't know who he was, but, um, I went to a friend of mine here in Chestertown, Maryland, um, is from not far from Asbury, grew up in, uh, in Jersey in this mid shore. And so I got lucky and got tickets. I went online and got tickets during the, um, it was 2012. What was that? The magic tour? I forget which one. Okay. Um, and uh, was, I don't think it was working on a dream. Well, I don't remember. Yeah. But um, what was it? Uh, I'm trying to think 2012? too. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So I got great tickets. And like ridiculous ones. I think I, that might be high no, hopes. No, it wasn't nope. high hopes. It might have been. No, 14 was high hopes. So this must have yeah. been maybe was the it river. Magic? No, yeah. it might have been magic. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um, you know, I, my audience I, I, is screaming at me right now. I know, me too. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a big fan, big fan. Um, and I, it was, and this happened to me. So you might know the story. So yeah. anyway, it's in Philly and- Wrecking um, Ball. Wrecking Ball, that was it. Thank okay. you. So thank you. Um, yeah, I don't want to wake up at three in the morning. I got to get up at five and be like, Wrecking Ball. Yes. Um, so anyway, so I go online and for some reason I got six row beside the stage in Philly, like obscenely, ridiculously good tickets. And so I said, Jeff, you, you know, I've got a ticket and let's go. So we go to Philly and we went with a kid. We brought a kid up from that's a at the local college. He's from Australia. He was here studying huge Springsteen fans. So the three of us go and we get, you know, we go through the show. It's a great show. And Jeff is wearing a, a blue crew neck sweater and a button down underneath looking very Catholic school. And I've got this hideous sweater on and thinking I look so cute. And, um, and it's the second to the last song. It, it's raise your hand. And 
So we're, you know, I'm raising my hand and the whole thing. And I see some commotion down on the side and we're in the middle of the row. And I said, Jeff, I think he's coming up the stairs. Like get your camera, he's going over there. He's coming up the stairs. Well, with that, he, next thing I know, like we look over at where everybody's looking and he's catwalking across the seats. So he stopped and, and I'm like, Jeff, he's right there. Like, this is unbelievable. And then he kept going. And, you know, you said something to me, you said, you don't think he heard you. So, and I said the same thing to my friend and I'll tell you, who's a DJ in Columbus. Okay. And, and when he interviewed me and I said, I don't think he really saw us. And he said, you know, he saw you. And anyway, so anyway, come next thing you know, he's at my seat and looked down and that's what I saw in the video afterwards. He looked at like, okay, I haven't seen them a hundred times. They're, you know, they're not dressed in black. They're off in Jersey. And he put his hand down on Jeff's shoulder and Jeff put him in the seat. And, you know, it was my 33rd show or 32nd show at the time. And I had gotten a cold beer in the middle of it. And I instinctively being the restaurant professional that I am hospitality, I leaned down and I said, do you want a beer? And he shook his head. He's kind of nodded his head. And I gave him the beer and he sipped it and he saw it was cold. And he stood up and he said to the entire audience, you know, I'll be right with you. I got a cold beer. He sat down. He drank the beer. There was this woman behind me who was trying to like get on him. And I'm like elbowing. Like he was so sweaty, so sweaty and stinky and um, drank the beer, stood up, tossed the cup and off he went. And, and that, and it went viral. There was a guy named Lance from New Orleans who videotaped it and sent it to TMZ. And the next day we were on CBS and entertainment tonight. So if you Google Bruce drinks beer in Philly, that was me in my J. Jill flowered sweater that I never wore again because it was not cute, uh, but I still <laughs> have it. And the, and the purple shoes I was wearing, I still have those. And, um, and that was it. And off he went. And, and um, they, the fact that Bruce Springsteen would climb into the stands and drink a stranger's beer was, was pretty incredible. So. Yeah, I remember that. I, I know he did a couple of those. And this was After back me. Yes, I, I know that. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I I remember being because this was before the autobiography. Yeah. And Clarence had talked about, you know, in his book about no drinks and no drugs. Right. And that yeah. the band had to be careful about. And so um, I didn't know till after, you know, reading the autobiography, he talked about he was he was a. Um, he wasn't a surly drunk like his father. He ended up being, you know, when he drank it, it didn't wake up the demons. So he learned right. he could casually drink. So uh, that's a great moment. So you can say, oh, yeah, I shared a beer with Bruce. I that's can't. pretty good. Are you kidding? I ride that thing like a one trick pony. I tell everybody. Like, I that was like too. my greatest line at tables in the, in the restaurant. I'm like, yeah. oh, really? Google yeah. this. So. Well, see, but I don't remember it. I don't remember it. You don't remember time. it all. Mm -mm. I remember. And it's funny because the kid from Australia was way up at the top and he's like, he couldn't believe there's the, we were just in a car together yeah. three hours before. And then a friend of mine from high school was there. Um, and I ran into her in the lobby and she said, I saw you. So 
but I remember um, there's the, at the very end of the video, I throw my head back, like all the way back. My mouth is wide open. Like I just couldn't believe it. And that of all the places he could have gone. But, um, but I remember how sweaty he was. He was really, mm -hmm. he was soaking wet, absolutely soaking wet. And he's tiny. He's so tiny. <laughs> so. Um, well, I, you, you, you tweeted the picture. It's, it's a yes. screen image. So I will include that when I put oh, out thanks. the podcast. So yeah, very it nice. Fun. It was yeah, fun. That's good. Um, I, after that, I hate to ask any other yeah. stories from live shows you want to share? Cause I mean, that pretty makes, uh, yeah, you know? no, <laughs> There's, yeah. you know, I would say, I mean, I saw him in London on, I, I saw him in London on the, um, Seeger sessions and that was really fun. And that was okay. the first time I had been in the pit. But again, it really is the people that I've met going to these shows that I still talk to. And, and I would imagine you probably have those same experiences, yeah. people that you connect with. And, and that's kind of the thing. It's, it's um, you know, it, 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 it just, you were all there for the same reason, mm -hmm. you know, for some spiritual awakening. Yeah somehow i mean i'll be honest i couldn't go to show after show and travel and go see the show and you know travel all over the country and do that all the time but it's so few and far between that when you get it you know everybody else gets that you get it too yeah. you know what i mean so um and and i would say too you know for me as the, the, Janie don't you lose heart is my song like okay. that I was working at a country club here and you know I'm, I'm a restaurant chef and that country club mentality was you know it's I, I didn't belong to one I had never okay. been to one and here I was running one and it, it was an interesting experience but by by the time I was 50 I turned 50 and I went to Italy it's like I'm gonna go to Italy I'm not gonna be 50 here and so I met this woman I, she cooked for me it, and uh, this, it, anyway, I didn't know at a time that the guy that we were with, the guide said, do you want to meet the woman that cooked your, your meal? Because I was miserable. And I said, I can't, I'm a chef in America, but I can't cook anymore. My knees are bad, this and that. And, you know, I was broken. I didn't realize, you know, what it was. So I went home and I remember one night I was sitting out on my porch. It was a beautiful night. And I was listening to a, you know, a compilation thing I put together once I got the iPod and figured out how to do that and make my own set list. And Janie was on and, and I was like, that's me. That's really me. I do come home and write things. I write down ideas about my restaurant that I want to do and all this stuff. And, and, and that really, you know, helped me. Like, you know, I heard like, and I think that, and that's my song. That's the one that gets me through professionally anyway and within a year and a half I had opened the restaurant so um there's a lot more than just the the physical being in concert although I did walk into the men's room in London that was I was at Wembley and um the, the English are not really fun to go watch <laughs> okay so with. sorry guys but uh, <clears throat> you know there's a lot of sitting down and I just and I was by myself and yeah so I had had a couple beers and they're English beers and I was jet lagged I was only there for the weekend you know right and and um 
So I came out of the show and I'm all happy and I went right into the bathroom and I went right into the men's room. So there's my other story. <laughs> Did but, you, um, was there any Bruce angle in your restaurant? Did you have anything Bruce themed or? Oddly, I did not. Wow. I did not. Um, I told the story more than anything, but sure. I, I had, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a single woman. I've never been married Didn't come from any money and stuff. So I did this thing on a budget. And, sure. um, and so I took all the pictures off my walls at home and I threw my dead relatives up and I made it super homey and that's how I did yeah. it. But no, I didn't have any Springsteen and I don't, I mean, it was always on, Yeah, I, it was on the radio. I mean, I, on the, on the, um, Spotify and stuff, but, yeah. um, no, I, I don't. And I, it's a good question. I don't know. I don't really have anything. I'm not a memorabilia gal, mm -hmm. so I, I don't have posters and stuff like that. So, um, I just go right in. I just, you know, he just climbs in my seat and drinks my beer. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I, I, I just, stuff. <laughs> I just, yeah. I thought maybe you'd come up with a, you know, if, if Bruce and Patty were coming, this would be the meal I'd cook. So this is that, the boss, yes. the boss yes. meal, right? That I, that I did. Oh, I always thought, what would I do if he came in? So tell well, me, I'm curious. How would I handle it? Um, I would probably, you know, I would probably, I don't know, throw up or something first, but yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I've been around famous people. Sure. So, um, and I also know how much, you know, my dad said to me one time, I forget. And my dad was alive when I, in 99. So after, after he started touring more. Yeah. So he got to see me coming home from Springsteen shows, which was really yeah. fun. And I got to share that with him. Um, but um, oh, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. No, what what would you cook, Patty and Oh, uh, so what would but, I cook yeah. them? But I think they're I think they eat I would do my grilled oysters because they're really good. Mm, I would that like to good. let yeah, oh, they're they're fantastic. And I would leave them alone, I think. Yeah, sure. You know, absolutely. And um but I would definitely do a fish because I did a lot of fish and it's really yeah. simple and clean. No, I'm not a dot and smear chef. Yeah. I'm a I work for Bobby Flay. There's lots of salsas and salt, yeah. you know. Um, big flavors and um, or hopefully he would eat my meatloaf and mashed potatoes and glazed carrots, which is my biggest seller. And I would gravy. say it's a I, I love this. This made me remember home. Um, the odds are right that who would have thought that being on chopped wasn't your moment of glory. <laughs> it was yeah. it was Bruce stealing your beer or exactly or taking your beer. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, um, it, it definitely chopped was really fun. I mean, I loved it. I, yeah, I, I made good TV. Um, yeah. but, um, I'll have to go yeah. look up your episode now. Yeah. It's called, Oh my Goshi, Oh my Boshi. So <laughs> yeah. So, oh my, and, and I did really well, but I, I cut just the very tip of my pinky. Okay. And I put a band, they don't show everything, but I put sure. the bandaid on, I had the glove on, the glove was too big. And it was, to me, it was more dangerous to keep it on. And, but you know, then of course they zoom in on the little tiny speck of blood yeah. and say, yeah. So, but it was funny because Jeffrey Zakarian, who's a, he's a judge on there all the time was one of my judges. And he said, and this is kind of Bruce related. He said there, they show the lineup and he said, you know, we know you're disappointed because you know, I cry a lot. And, and um, 
he said, and I said, yes. And he said, but we're disappointed in you. And my head just went down. And all I could think of was like right back into Catholic school. I spent a lot of time in detention. Yeah. I talk a lot. And, um, and I felt that disappointment, like, you know, it took me right back to Catholic school. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think, you know, yeah, Bruce talks about it in his music all the time, but that it never goes away. It really doesn't ever go yeah. away. It really doesn't. Like, you're never good enough. Don Henley was on a radio show. He lived here. He, I don't know if he still lives in Dallas, but for a while he was living in Dallas and he called in to some sports station or thing. And he said that he, he has a theory that all of us spend our adult trying to get over high school. Yeah. You know, and, and I, yeah. there's, there's some truth to that. There's there is. And I wish I knew now, I didn't realize that I had as many friends as I did in high school, you yeah. know? And so when I came home from Oregon in 99 and, and moved back from Portland, I had a brother out there that always helps, yeah. you know, there's one in Colorado too. So I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty set up. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, um, I, I reconnected for my high school reunion. It was mm-hmm. my, I guess at that time, 20 year high school reunion. And I mean, I was like, these people are really nice and, and they liked me and I had no idea. And so rocket ahead 20 years and, and it's now, August 9th, 2014 or 20, uh, 2021. And I'm closing the restaurant and it's the last weekend and I didn't have anybody to work. And down came Chris Foley from Philadelphia who sat behind me in homeroom and came down and waited tables. Like, like, you know, she's, she retired from Quaker Oats. I mean, Mm -hmm. and, and uh, she came down and waited tables for me. And then next thing you know, there's somebody from grade school. We all went to high school together. They surprised me on the last day. And there's five of six of us standing on my deck. Like I could never imagine that that would happen ever. That's awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. So as the, the demons that it leaves you with, it also left you with, and you know, you asked me about growing up, you know, we all knew each other's brothers and sisters. We had big families then. And, yeah. and so there was always a McKenna and an Esmond and a, and a mm-hmm. you know, a, Foley and you know and and oh you're one of the Foley girls or something and so but we did have this kind of great childhood where you could just kind of get out and go yeah so did um are there have are there friendships you've made seeing Bruce perform live like are there people that you've run into and kind of developed a long distance friendship with or is it okay just share a little bit about that so, so I was at Giant Stadium. Um, I forget what tour it was. It was out the outside part of it. And um, I, I was in the pit, but it was really crowded and I just didn't like it. You know, so I just moved to the back of the pit mm-hmm. and I met this woman. Her name is Lisa Stern from Arizona. And we still keep in touch to this day. Not all the time. And sometimes yeah. it's through just, you know, messages or if I, you know, when I, post things on Facebook that's, you know, cool or whatever, or whatever, just something yeah. she likes, especially at the restaurant. So she, and, and we'll, we'll talk back and forth. And then there's another woman, Lisa, another Lisa from Jersey and she's hardcore. She's, she's like, she's always in the pit. Like she knows yeah. people. Yeah. And, uh, and she's awesome. And, and land of hope and dreams is, and we're both Virgos and we met in Asbury park and spent one 
drunken, ridiculous night. I was ready to move to Asbury. My boxes were packed. I was going to open a restaurant in Asbury. I believed in Asbury. And, you know, and that I came back and my toenails had glitter polish on them. I called my friend at 8 a.m. I said, I am not moving here. But, <laughs> um, but Lisa and I stayed uh, in touch and we still do. And we still do yeah. um, and follow each other. And, and um, but yeah, I mean, I know that there's with, with spring nuts, I think is a big group and, and certainly backstreets and um, uh, that, I mean, when I went to London for that weekend, this guy reached out and said, Hey, I'll come pick you up at your hotel and drive you a lot around London before the show. And I didn't even hesitate. I'm sure. You know, sure, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> And he did. And I saw everything I needed to see. And, uh, you know, all this yeah. thought I was going to lose my life because driving in London is absurd. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't even hesitate to get sure. in the car with Dick with him. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. Um, yeah. So. So um, songs or albums that mean a lot to you. You mentioned that there's one song. So besides um, Janie, is Janie? Well, well, Art? Janie and yeah, Janie and The Wish, I think, are, are the okay. ones that mean something. The ones that I love, I mean, you know, I'm kind of weird. I mean, I, I really like, oh, I love Drive All Night, you know, sure. that's so romantic. And, and but live, I mean, I don't think, I, I love Bus Stop, you know, I love Spirit mm-hmm. in the Night. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to say that, I know it's controversial, but, you know, I, and I, I don't have the same feeling for Badlands anymore, I think, okay. <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, not to say I won't risk my fist. But, sure, but I understand. But, um, but, and, you know, of course, you know, seeing Jungle Land live and, and, yeah. and I think it's really cool. So here's another connection. So when, after I moved home, I started taking a jazzercise class at the Bryn Mawr Presbyterian Church. Okay. And so I was Chef Barb. And hi, Chef Barb. And they all knew I loved Springsteen, blah, blah, blah. Well, turns out that the woman who stood in the front row, um, her cousin got this job working, playing the organ for Bruce Springsteen. Oh, so Charlie funny. Giordano is her cousin. Oh, how so, funny. Yeah. So I am going to London. Mm-hmm. and Charlie gave me his, I have text messages from Charlie. Um, we were going to, we were going to meet and have coffee in London, but he broke a reed on the accordion. I think oh, accordions no. have reeds. Yes. Yeah. But I get this long message from him. And so he, and I asked him, um, when, so we had messaged back and forth. Um, I guess maybe it was email. I guess it wasn't even text messaging then. Probably not. But um, he um, and I said, so, you know, this is so new. Will you tell me what what is it like? You know, how is it? And what's the one what's the one song? And that, you know, that he, he said, Jungle Land, having to learn Jungle Land was the one. And that Bruce was generous and kind and incredibly hardworking. I forgot all about that until just now. Wow, that's- The woman in my jazzercise class. Yes, I I was this close to to having coffee with Charlie, who was, couldn't have been nicer in his email to his cousin's friend, you know? That's very sweet. That's really nice. Oh, I know what I was gonna tell you. Sure, please. 
and I'll tell you quickly, my dad, so I got, I was lucky enough to, when I worked for Bobby Flay, to do an event for Julia Child on her 80th birthday at the Rainbow oh, nice. in New York. Yeah. So um, there I am in the kitchen shucking oysters and Bobby's yelling my name. And finally I'm like, what? And he said, she's here. So he got me up. And so the Rainbow Room kitchen is just enormous. It's so long. And it's just banks of stoves and, you know, it's huge. And so there she was at the front of the kitchen and Bobby got me up to her to meet her. He, when he invited me to do it with him, um, he said, bring your, I said, oh, my mom, my mom was a librarian and she processed all the books. So any of the good stuff she would bring home, any right. good cookbook stuff. So I have a, a 61, I was born in 61 edition of the art of mastering the art of French cooking. And so he said, when you go bring your book. So I happened to bring my cookbook with me. So anyway, long story short, it's just before the event and they, she was doing them all over the country and chefs would like in yeah. every big city and all the chefs would get together and do this dinner. So I met her and I don't remember that either in real yeah. life, except that she was very tall. She sounds exactly like you would think. Um, and then at the end of the night, Bobby said, go get your cookbook. And, and I said, oh, she's really tired. It's the end of the night. He said, go get your book. So I have my sign, Julia. Julius Child cookbook, which is my prized possession. And um, had I had he had not thrown the cup, I would have kept the cup. But um, but anyway, my father said to me and I was telling him and he said, because she knows how much it means to to all of you to meet her. And Bruce absolutely personifies that to me as well. Yeah. So you've seen recently, you know, he's down in Manasquan. I went to a wedding in Point Pleasant. You know, my head was like this the whole time. Yeah. Like, is he here? Is he here? But um, he knows how much it means to people to I meet him. I think so, too. Yeah. I, 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 or he wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Why would he go take a picture at the beach? He could easily yeah. not be doing this in a picture like he does, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and I just think that is the coolest, realest thing. And, and I met Patty. Um, <clears throat> Uh, she, when she did rumble, not, uh, yeah, I guess it was rumble doll. No, not okay. rumble doll. The other one, 23rd street lullaby, which I okay. loved. I yeah. love that album. And I got lucky enough to be picked to be in the audience on the CBS morning show or whatever okay. she was doing. And then I got to stay at the end when she did the rope line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I said to her, and she has this one song about, um, God, that God about the dishwasher. And he must be one of God's good children. God's yeah. got him doing dishes all night in the back. And I said to her, if you could put that song in Spanish, you know, you would make so many dishwashers, you know, so many dishwashers happy. Right. And she was like, oh, that she's so nice. And she was so nice. And I said, you know, you were in my neighborhood recently. I live near, you know, I live near the Devon Horse Show. Yes, we stayed at the Wayne Hotel. And next year, we're going to bring my mother. And she could not have been nicer. Just they, they're just oh, nice. That's nice. And I, and I left that thinking, no wonder he picked her. Yeah. You know, they're, they're very similar. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's nice. I, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's I've very had some, nice. You know, six degrees of Bruce. There so. you go. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 And you know, and who knows? It'll, you know, it still might work out. Yep. The day's not over. There, there you, you go. go. Yeah. Um, when they tour again, are there songs you're still chasing is there songs you want to hear live that you haven't got to hear um not really okay <laughs> i've been pretty lucky 
Okay. I've been pretty lucky. Although I, oddly enough, I would love to hear Wrecking Ball again live because okay. yeah. I really loved Wrecking Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't wait to hear um, the the thousand guitars. And if I were a prince, yeah. I, I loved it. I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah, I'm looking forward to. I mean, I listen to that over and over. And what I think is really cool too is because of the rooftop sessions, the bleachers, I have discovered the bleachers because of Chinatown and Bruce in Chinatown. And so it's opened a whole new avenue to their music to me, which I'm obsessed with. Absolutely obsessed. Yeah, it's really cool. And I thought, and I was like, I'd love to go see them. And then I look at the videos and like everybody's 12. But, you know, I, yeah. I, I work with young kids and, you know, I'm yeah. not married. I don't have kids to, to tarnish me. So I'm there you go, tarnish me, you know, but so yeah. I'm uh, I think I'm still one of them. So good for you. Well, um, any final thoughts before we get to the Mary question? To the um, no, the any no, final just thoughts? How, no, just how grateful I am to kind of be part of this community and that that um how lucky we all are that this man is such a chameleon in so many ways that we get to experience him in so many forms um it's just i i it's not godlike worship or anything like that it's like i said it's the people that i meet along the way it's not just him so absolutely well said well said all right so if you are listening to this podcast because you went to high school with barbara or (laughs) you perhaps uh are supporting her because of her chopped appearance or because you loved her restaurant thank you for listening um i end every episode with the mary question uh what the mary question is is jay armstrong who is an honors english teacher he has recently retired When he was teaching, he would spend two days having his class break apart Thunder Road. They would the lyrics. They would talk about the imagery Bruce used. They would um, kind of talk about, compare it to other American poets uh, like Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. And then at the end of the two days, Jay would ask his class, does Mary get in the car? So Barbara, that's the question. Does Mary get in the car? She does? I think so. I think so. Okay. Tell me I why. Think so. Because it, the idea, like he, I'm easily influenced, you know? Okay. And I think that, especially with the imagery of his, you know, the Catholic imagery in through all of it, that you want to break out and here's somebody giving you the opportunity. You know, we all wanted to get rid of our plaid, our plaid uniforms. Yeah. You know, we all wanted to, to hike up our skirts and, and take off our knee socks. Right. And and to me, you know, it the funny, it, you know, I remember the first time I heard I, I was at a big party and we turned on Born to Run when I had a house at the shore and we turned on Born to Run and, and I slammed the screen door at the same time as, as the song came on. And, and, and these guys were all like a bunch of tough guys. And, and I, it just felt like rebellion to me. And, and, you know, the imagery, it could be a quiet summer day and the screen door slams, but I don't think so, you okay. know? And yeah, I think that, like I said, we all want to get, ri- we all wanted to get rid of our plaid skirts and, uh, and, and just get the hell out. Very and, nice. Uh, and now here we all are. 
we're Here still we in our plaid skirts. We can never get out of the damn things. So <laughs> well said, well so, said. Thank you. Uh, Barbara, if someone wants to reach you, what's the best way? Um, I am on Facebook, I guess, under my name. And I don't even, I, and my Twitter is Babs on the B. Yes. Um, but uh, I forgot, I don't even know. But um, yeah, that is, it's Babs on the B. That's the easiest, that's the easiest okay, way to good. find me. And, and uh, I hope that we'll all see each other some soon. Somewhere I hope so in too. some arena, somewhere. And, Absolutely. Uh, yes. And, uh, uh, that sounds great. We all and, stay uh, healthy and yes, love. And if he tours and you get down to Dallas, we'll uh, I'll take you to a couple of my favorite restaurants. And we'll, oh, I would we'll love it. Food. I've never been to Texas. I would there love that. That sounds great. I would love that. All, all right. right, Barbara. Thank you so much, listeners. Thank you. Go get vaccinated. Go get boosted. Please. Yep. Please be kind to each other because that's what this world needs so much now. Thank yep. you, Barbara. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you thank soon. Thank you, Jesse. It was great. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bruce Springsteen Live provides fans with an intimate look into Springsteen's creative process. The Bruce Springsteen Live exhibit opens at the Woody Guthrie Center on Saturday, April 16th, running through Sunday, September 25th. The exhibit will feature iconic artifacts, live performance footage, instruments, stage costumes, exclusive interviews, concert posters, and photography as well as unique interactive displays to immerse fans in Bruce Springsteen and the band's creative process. More information can be found at woodyguthriecenter.org. Please let them know that Setless and Bruce sent you there, and I'll see you in Tulsa. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking hard-rocking, music-loving, album-ranking, fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.